welcome to the Scout Trailblazers podcast, and this is episode 16, and we're talking about a really big hit that has just come out from Scout Comics called Black Cotton, and we've got two of the writers, and I'm sure creators too as well, Patrick Foreman. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing good. How are you doing, Wayne? Good. It's good to talk with you, and Brian Hawkins. How are you, Brian? Doing very well, thanks. Thanks, and you? Good, good. It's good to talk with you about this book. Let me read the description. Well, well, before I do that, let me just say that every version of Black Cotton Number 1 has sold out on the Scout Comics website, except for the digital version, right. which they can do forever, you know, as far right as that on. goes. But all the print copies have gone, the variants have gone, everything's gone. And it's only been on sale for less than a week, so that's a good sign. Uh, yeah, yeah. We are very happy about that. <laughs> well, let me read a description as it is on the Scout Comics website. It says, set in an alternate reality where the social order of white and black is reversed, an elitist family, the Cottons, are rocked by a tragic shooting that begins to unravel long-standing family secrets that could not only destroy the family, but also divide the fragile social climate of the world. Yeah, that's, that's good something. Now, first thing I got to ask, of course, why is it called Black Cotton? <laughs> uh, who's the best one to ask about that? Uh, Patrick or Brian? Who's the one that uh, better one to answer that? Rock, paper, scissors. You go for it, Patrick. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. All right. Well, black cotton, it's uh, two levels, Wayne. Here's what I'll say. It derived from uh, me and Brian first meeting. Uh, we have a mutual friend named uh, Luke Wright. And me and Luke Wright had just finished something up. And I told him, hey, uh, I got a concept that I want to do as a comic book. And I've been a comic book collector for years. And he just mentioned, he was like, hey, I got a close friend uh, named Brian who's been in the, the comic book world for years. Let me uh, introduce you two together. So we met up uh, January of 2020 and had lunch. And I'm I'm telling Brian about the concept. And I'm like, in this world, everything's reversed. I was like, even the cotton is reversed. The cotton is black. And he, he stopped me right then and there. He was like, that's it. That's the name. He was like, that's it. Black cotton. That's it. So it starts there. That's the, as you could say, you know, the tip of the iceberg with black cotton. But under the underlayer of black cotton, which you will see uh, throughout the issue, and I'm pretty sure you noticed it, Wayne, was that the family says black cotton to each other. So the deeper level of black cotton is that it is a reset button for the family. It reminds them of their heritage. It reminds them of where they came from. It is the glue really that constantly keeps them together. So even though you can have a heated argument like you saw between uh, Elijah and his daughter Kia, at the end, he says black kind to her to let her know through all that that just happened, guess what? I still love you and you're still a kind and she says it back to him. She says, black kindness. She smiles because it's that reset button. It lets her know and instantly reminds her of her history. 
and the family that she is a part of. And basically, that is something that we are trying to give out to the world. We want people to create their own Black kind feeling, uh, not only uh, within their family, but also extend it out to other people so that you can have a heated discussion or argument with somebody, but hit that reset button and let them know, you know what? I still love you. Everything that just happened, let's hit the reset button and let's move forward in a positive manner. So that's what black kind in Boy, a nutshell like to, means. I'd sure like to see some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. That is just yeah. amazing stuff. Because uh, one thing that about today that drives me nuts is that we cannot agree to disagree anymore, it seems like. Exactly. And I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see that happen. So, okay. So, Patrick, sounds like you were the one that originated the concept uh, and, and brought it to Brian and stuff. Uh, Brian, what was your role in this? In in this, uh, as far as did you help with like the script? How did you? What was your role with this with Patrick? Did you help him flesh it out? How did that happen? Well, yeah. So, um, you know, it began. It began as a concept. Um, from that moment on, you know, in in that story in January 2020, uh, we just began to talk and we began to talk story and build out the story. So what? Uh, so we fleshed out and in and developed and created um, how this uh, this social order, this 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 role reversal, this race reversal, uh, would look as a story. And so uh, we we began to create the vehicle for that, and the vehicle for that was this family dynamic. Um, and we, you know, we began to create the characters of, you know, who are the Cottons? You know, we looked at the, the matriarch, the patriarch and the siblings. Um, so from that point on, you know, it became um, him and I in, in, you know, creating the story and creating the vehicle by which the, uh, this, this huge, um, timely, <laughs> social relevant, story would uh, be presented um, to to readers um, as far as outlines and issues, et cetera, et cetera. Now, how many issues are in Black Cotton, uh, Patrick? Do you know, uh, is there four, six, how many issues are there? Well, the first story arc is six issues. Uh, Black Cotton is an ongoing uh, comic book, but we're going to uh, uh, bring this story arc to a resolution in issue number six, and then we're going to uh, bring something else uh, to the black kind, uh, <laughs> black kind uh, 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 universe, I guess you could say, uh, with uh, volume number two. Okay, is it going to be black cotton too? Oh, absolutely. okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Because. Well, well. First thing I got to ask though, are you guys going to? Cl- I don't want to diminish sales. We want people to buy the individual issues, but uh, are you guys going to collect this into a trade? Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely, absolutely. So and and means- here's what I'll say, Wayne. Too, because me and Brian, uh, we we it, it is unbelievable how you know two people can come together and uh, everything just clicks. Well, Brian is like a historian for me, you know, especially with <laughs> comic books and everything. It, it It is amazing, you know, just the depth of knowledge uh, that he has. And me, 
like I said before, Appreciate I'm it. a collector. <laughs> I've been collecting for years. So uh, we bring both of those together. So uh, just as a treat, we're always talking of what can we bring to the people to uh, always give them more. So in the trade, we're actually going to uh, give people a little bit more uh, to the insight of where the kinds came from. So there's going to be, you know, uh, probably, what what'd you say, Brian, about 12, uh, 12 pages? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about 12 pages mm-hmm. of insight that we haven't given to the people. So the trade will also be unique in its fashion. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a prequel that you're in, you're including? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be a 12, yeah, a, a 12 page prequel backup story um, that will dig deeper into uh, the origins of the cottons and the origin of this, this black cotton universe. Cool. Really interesting. Cause uh, it's going to be something to see how this goes. I, I have to be honest with you. I have no idea where this is going to end up. <laughs> this, this story. I mean, I don't know how things are going to turn out in reality. So I, as I look at this book, I have that same sort of feeling. How, uh, how's this going to resolve or is it going to resolve? I mean, if you have other stories to go, I mean, maybe this particular story will come to a conclusion, but maybe the, the, the setting or the social order may not resolve or change. Is that, I mean, what do you think, Brian? Is that, is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Uh, so the black cotton universe or black cotton reality, you know, it's like in Patrick and my discussion, you know, in our conversations, you know, it's, it's, it's our world. It's just that the social order and the key in this is social order. Uh, the log line, you know, it focuses on social order, white and white and black versus race, white and black, because those are two different things. Um, and we're dealing with the social construct. So what this black cotton universe is, is a reality switch. So as much story as there is in our real world, there's equal and invisible amount um, in the black cotton universe to where um, it's, it's, not, it's not just a, a flip to say, look at this racial incident uh, from you know white to black, black to white. But it's a a true reversal um, in the sense of social order for us to hopefully adapt and discover different perceptions of reality um, mm-hmm. and how we perceive the world. Because one of the questions I was going to ask you guys is how much is what you perceive it to be in reverse and what you wish it would be? in reverse is is that a fair question i mean how, do you on occasion go places where you would like uh our societies to move or directions you would like to see us go as opposed to where it is uh, is that patrick is that something you guys considered that is a phenomenal question i i am so glad you asked that question wayne because um this whole week uh, even though this is the beginning of the week, I'll say this whole uh, weekend, I've been thinking about exactly that question. And I was hoping somebody would ask us that because nobody has ever asked us that. So I'll put it to you this way, Wayne. Uh, in one of the reviews that we had, a young lady uh, made a statement where she said that uh, the cops 
was in our uh, in black cotton was showing remorse. And she said that doesn't happen in real life. And it turned her off. And in my mind, I was saying, how can you truly make a change in the world if you don't show what you actually want? So, yes, we do. I, uh, you will see that Zion feels bad about what he did. And that is exactly what we want in reality. If something happens in that fashion, why wouldn't you want the individual, if they didn't do it on purpose, to not feel remorse and show remorse? So I believe that, yes, you will see uh, both of those in there. You will see uh, some reality that you can identify with wholeheartedly. And then you will also see uh, some things that will challenge you because you will say, I don't see that. And then you're going to ask yourself, well, why don't we see that? And then you might go a further step, especially if you're in that field and say, you know what? I should. I should do that. Or the next time they go into a situation as such, they might reflect on it and actually do what we're asking the world to do. You know, we want people to have remorse. We want people to actually talk instead of always action first. It could save lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything to add to that, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very profound question that, I mean, what we're dealing with is a human condition. And, and I would say that while, you know, we all have our implicit bias and we, and we, you know, naturally we want to put ourselves into the story and, you know, there's some messages and, and themes and stuff that has to, you know, that we want addressed. One thing that Patrick and I have really tried to do is also step back from the story um, and allow the story and the characters and what that life is of the of the story and the reality and the social order, what it wants to be in this comic. Um, and I say all that to say that um, it's about the human, uh, the human condition. And what you have is, um, is, is a mirror held up in front of you. Um, and it's not for Patrick or I to tell you um, how to feel, what to think, but for us to present, that mirror and for you, what you're taking into the story to look in that mirror and discover it for yourself. So um, with Zion in particular, um, you know, is he the good guy or is he the bad guy? You know, he did, you know, he was the police officer that uh, shot this young woman Um, and his sister, even in this issue, you know, she questions his implicit bias. Um, Is it resolved? Within within him, is it you know is it resolved for her? Um, not yet, you know, and that's part of the journey. And so, but not only is that Zion's journey, um, and and Kia's journey, and the Cottons and the Nightingales and all the other characters, but it's also our journey as the readers. And through each issue, um, hopefully, we're offering the opportunity for that self discovery. Um, and what do you come out with it with? Um, 
from the end of this issue or what you come out with after after the end of issue two or even when the series is over? What do you take from it? So in other words, you're hoping we think about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, well, the first issue, if it's any inclination or indication, I, I am just convinced that because I sat there and I was thinking about well, what I was going to ask you guys, was, of course, one of the things I was looking at. But I was also looking at the, the kinds of things that we might take away from a, a, a book like this. And I, I'm happy to hear you guys say that because I think that there's a, a whole lot of wonderful things that we can take away from a story that looks at things from a different perspective like this. And so I'm I'm hopeful that a lot of people, and, and obviously it's selling well, and I'm, I'm really heartened by that. I am also hopeful that the reaction will be just as positive as the sales. That's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, why don't we, you guys have, I'm sure have your, your, your ear to the ground on that. Uh, Patrick, what's the reaction been that you have heard so far to this, the first issue? It's been phenomenal. Uh, it, it is. We, we've been truly humbled by all of the great feedback that uh, we've received. Um, we, <laughs> we, we were, uh, number two, uh, last week with, uh, the top 10, you know, in between, what was it, Brian Spun and, uh, uh, what was number one? Uh, oh, in the Marvel book, I believe. Right. Avengers, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, so just to be among giants like that, it, it was truly humbling. And, uh, the beauty about it is, watching all of the conversations because that's what we want. You know, it's not about me and Brian. The book was um, uh, presented as a medium for people to uh, start talking, you know, to each other, having those real conversations with each other. So uh, in a safe environment. So, so it it has been positive and, and truly humbling. How about you, Brian? Um, So, yeah, I mean, Going right along with, with with what Patrick is saying, you know, I've heard more, way, way more, more good than I would say say bad. The um, but to to address, you know, the opposite side of it, um, like you know, there are instant, almost instantaneous comments from what the log line is, um, especially when running Facebook ads and all that. Um, about how, you know, it's um, because it's such a a hot topic, because it's this flip of social structure and race, you know, there are some people who immediately want to attack. Um, and, you know, for an example, um, you know, there was someone who really, you know, they even said, you people, why can't you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, an interesting thing about that is, you know, um, it's... It, that's totally free speech and that's fair because of free speech for someone to respond the way they want to respond. Um, and there was never a notion for us to delete that comment or block it or anything because that's part of the conversation. One of the things that sticks out in my mind is Malcolm X wanted all of us to sit down at a table, you know, as an example, face each other and have the hard conversation Hear one, hear one another out. Um, face-to-face, even ear-to-ear, if possible, and and allow us to be who we are and see each other for who we are and hear each other for who we are. And I feel like um, what Black Cotton, a part 
of the nuance of Black Cotton, what it offers is a chance for us to do that. And not everything is going to be liked. Um, I, you know, do I feel great when someone has a negative reaction? Of course not. But I accept it and I understand it because that's part of the human condition and, and the human experience. And we can never grow. We can never mature. We can never be anything um, that we're supposed to be in this human process unless we go through that. Uh, so while there has been more positive uh, than negative, um, to address the to address the negative, I think is equally as important um, because I you know that that exists um, and it's all about growth. You you you, you can't. You can't grow uh, without being refined, and refinement takes fire. So, yeah, well, excellent. I, I think this book is going to foster a lot of that. I think we're going to see a, a a mountain of discussion going on, and hopefully, it will come out to be something really good that uh, will come out of it and happen. I, I wanted to get into the format of the book a little bit because I got a a, a a little bit of a kick. You know, it says in there the the, the order of black and white are reversed. Well, the pages inside are black and white, <laughs> but they're not, the order's not reversed. And I think they'd be hard to read if the, <laughs> the, the order was reversed. Cause I've seen sometimes it looks like a negative when you take a photograph, you know, it looks like a negative in a, in a photograph and it's hard to read. I'm sure like that, but I, I just, when I opened the book, I kind of got a kick when I saw that it was the, the black was normally where the black would be and the white was where the white normally would be. But that's because we got to be able to read the story. Right. <laughs> so I thought that, but I did get a huge kick out of that. I thought, you know, it, it would have been something interesting to see you go that route, but I don't think it would have been nearly as legible <laughs> as it is the way that it is. I think you guys chose the smart route to go that the way with it, but it is interesting that you guys didn't make the inside for color as opposed to, to black and white. Was that a artistic choice? Was it uh, cost a little bit of both? Uh, maybe Patrick, what, what was your, uh, how did you guys come to that choice? That was a, a choice that me and Brian both agreed on from the beginning. It was almost uh, unspoken, to be honest. Uh, we we both, I don't know if we looked at each other and was like black and white, and we kind of, yeah, dang. <laughs> but we both really wanted to remove uh, color from the subject. And I say that because... Me and Brian, both being uh, people of color, we have um, uh, we have uh, done this a lot throughout our lives. We will read something and unknowingly, we will automatically start looking at the color. And I'm, I'm saying the color within our race. So if it's light, dark, whatever. And when you start doing that, you stop focusing on the subject or the words or even the content because you're so focused on now the color of the mother or the color of the daughter or the color of this individual. So we didn't want anybody to get stuck. We felt if we remove the color, that it will hide their um, attention to the content, the uh, facial expressions, the words that are on the page, everything that's happening. It's almost as if 
um, you know, if a person uh, loses their hearing, then another sense gets heightened. And that's basically what we were thinking. If we remove the color, then guess what? Your uh, your uh, attentiveness will go up. What you are uh, seeing and you will be more alert to what you're feeling and perceiving. And that was the basis behind it. That's great. Uh, Brian, I keep doing this to you. Did you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, no. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he said it all, you know, it's, it, just a reference, you know, that, that, that log line again, you know, you know, the social order of, of white and black is reversed. You know, it's, it doesn't say race and, you know, you take out race, you take out, you take out color. And what's interesting is, you know, that identity uh, in, a, in that, so, that social construct, right? Um, you know, by looking at that page, you know, what character is black and what character is white and there's no color. And I think that in itself is a message um, that hopefully, you know, plays out and will resonate as the, as the art goes on. Okay. And uh, I, the first issue has come out, obviously been a big hit. Do you guys know when the second issue is scheduled to be released? May 12th? May 12th. Um, it's on pre-order right now. Okay, so it's bi-monthly? Um, it, it, so what Scout um, is, is, is doing, um, they do a two-month gap between issue one and two to, right. to allow uh, for issue one to come out and for retailers and readers, you know, to buy into the story uh, so that, you know, the, so that the pre-orders uh, for issue two and so forth and so on um, aren't blind orders. Um, which I think is a very unique and, and, and smart way of hopefully engaging retailers and readers to, you know, continue to, to go with the series, um, having read issue one. So once it, once issue two comes out in May, um, it will be monthly, uh, after that. Okay. Super cool. So it's something to keep on the ear to the ground for, um, I, I don't want to talk too much about the trade. I, again, I don't want to diminish <laughs> sales, but no, it's all some, good. somewhere down the pike, I think that the trade will be coming out. We keep an ear to the ground on that. If yes. people w- want to follow you guys on social media, since I've always been going to you second, Brian, let's go to you first year. If people are going to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Um, I'm on Twitter a lot at Brian O. Hawkins and IG, uh, Brian Hawkins writes. Um, and I'm floating around Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page as well. Brian Hawkins writes. Cool. Okay. Patrick, how about you? Yeah. And we're on, um, uh, IG Instagram. If you look up black kind comment, uh, you'll find us there. We're on Facebook. We got a Facebook page, uh, black kind comment. Uh, you'll find us there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, if you just look up my name and LinkedIn, Patrick Patrick D Foreman, and you'll find me. Yeah, that's 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 where we are. <laughs> All right, uh, Patrick, have you done other comics before? No, this is actually uh, my first one, and uh, I, I, you know, I tip my hat always to uh, Brian just for being a, uh, you know, I, I've been a, I, I hope I've been a great student to the you know to the teacher 
Um, I didn't know anything. Come on, man. And and Brian really opened up uh, his arms and taught me from uh, day one, and it's been phenomenal. Now he got me uh, uh, working, grinding, writing, you know, doing everything. I feel like, you know, he 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 dumped <laughs> 15 years into me over this uh, COVID time. You know, COVID hit right at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, now, Brian, I know you've got experience in there because I've, I've interviewed you previously, but uh, why don't you tell people what else you've been doing in the comics universes? Um, I've been very, very fortunate to work with Mad Cave Studios. Um, I'm an editor for them. Um, I've, I've, I've worked on several of their glorious books. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege and how they have embraced me. Um, I'm a writer for Black Box um, Comics. Devil's Dominion um, is a series I'm on right now that's um, going into issue three that will be coming out next month. Um, as well as uh, I, I've begun to write some for Xenoscope. Um, and I have a Dark Watchers featuring Gretel story out um, with a Van Helsing story that's supposed to come out at the end of the month. Um, and I'm doing some self-publishing with my boy Richard Kemp with uh, Don't Ever Blink and a horror brand that we're working on called called Pendulum Heart. So Cool. Very cool. So you're busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. It's good that good. This is a great start for you guys. I highly recommend if you guys come across a copy of Black Cotton Number One, buy it because it's hard to get a hold of. And I, I, I think that you're going to want to make sure you keep this because this is going to be a significant book moving forward. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> so thanks, you guys, Patrick and Brian. And looking forward to issue number two. A little bit of a wait, but I think it'll be worth it. So I think you guys have done a great job. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for that means a lot. It really does. 